0: Turn with me, please, to uh, 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. I'm excited about tonight. I'm excited about this week. I'd have to talk in tongues, I think, to try to explain why I'm excited. But uh, I know that you and I are not here, and there in Branson and the Internet, we're not here by accident. Amen. We are here by divine appointment. And there are things that are done in meetings like this and will be done in this meeting this week that last for eternity. Now that's saying a lot. But what God does it's forever. Hallelujah. And it's wonderful when healing miracles take place, financial miracles take place. Wonderful. But some of the greatest miracles happen inside the hearts of people. Amen. And they're not always readily visible or apparent. Things can happen by the word of God and spirit of God in meetings and times, moments just like this right now. Oh,
1: thank you.
0: To where a person's heart and mind is changed. A man didn't do it. A woman didn't do it. God did it by his word. By his spirit. But a person's heart and mind. Shifts. Changes. And it's not always obvious. But they begin to think a little differently. And talk a little differently. And see things a little differently. And it alters their course. you, You know. Flying airplanes. If you leave. Here in Florida. Going to Seattle Washington. If you change your course, just five degrees, ain't much, you probably won't even hit Washington State. You might be in Oregon or California, you know, anybody know what I'm talking, depending on the winds and in your heart and mind, sometimes it didn't seem like that much. And yet there was a course change. And over the course of the next year or five years or 10 years or 20 years, you wind up at a completely different place in life, a completely different person. Amen.
1: amen. Yes. Thank you, Lord.
0: Because that change kept affecting you and moving you further and further toward his will, his plan, his likeness, his image. Can you say amen? amen. In First Corinthians 13, Let's begin reading in the first verse. First Corinthians thirteen one says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, or that's love, I become a sounding bass or tinkling cymbal. Keep going, we're going to read the whole chapter here. Though I have the gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries, have all knowledge, though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I'm nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. Now, how can you give everything you've got without love? Why would you do that? Give every dollar you got to feed people, but it wasn't in love? Then what are you doing? Well, It'd be because of some religious notion of how spiritual you are. Something that was still focused on you, that you're a martyr, that you're spiritual or some kind of works thing. that You imagine that you're in, you know, will help your chances getting to heaven or. But you didn't do it out of love for them. You did it for some other reason. And if you do, it's worth nothing. Even if you gave millions, it's worth nothing because you didn't do it in love. The heart of the giver determines the acceptableness of the gift. With God, it's always about the heart, not just the gift. Love suffers long and is kind. You need to read this out loud with me. Love suffers long and is kind. So it's kind while it's suffering long. Keep going with me. Love envies not. That's not at all. Love vaunts not itself, is not puffed up. That's the big head. Show off. Keep going. Does not behave itself unseemly. Did you know that love is not rude? It's not rude. It's not unmannerly. It's not pushy. Keep going. It seeks not... Her own is not easily provoked, provoked, thinks no, no evil. evil. If you walk in love the way a mature Christian does, some people will think you're naive. They'll think, look at that. They don't even know. Those people were being mean to them. Those people were insulting them. And you go, really? Why? Because it goes on to say it takes no account. Right? Of a suffered wrong. You don't have to keep up with everything somebody's trying to do. Do you? You can be blissfully oblivious. (laughs) Or even when you hear about it. So? Who am I? Love. Makes you God-like. Because it is the love of God. Can you see God? The Father on the throne. Fretting about the junk people said about him today? Do you see him asking the angel nearby, going, What did they say? They called me a what?
1: <laughs>
0: He's above all that. You know, we can be too. Keep going. Rejoices not in iniquity, rejoices in the truth. Keep going. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Keep going. Love never fails. fails. Whether there be prophecies, they will fail. I can read the rest of it here. Whether there be tongues, they'll cease. Whether there be knowledge, it'll vanish away. Keep going. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. Keep going. But when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part shall be done away. Now notice in talking about love now, he's talking about being a child and growing up. Because growing up spiritually is growing up in love. Which is growing up in God, who is love. There's no such thing as developing spiritually or maturing spiritually apart from growing up in love. Doesn't exist. They are the same. Because God is love. How could you develop spiritually without developing in God? (laughs) Or without developing in love? So he's talking about the same. He didn't change subjects. He's talking about the same thing. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. How do children speak? Yeah, childishly is obviously a good answer, but... What distinguishes, now in the, the framework of his subject, love, what would distinguish an immature one from a mature one? Children are selfish, without meaning to be, without thinking they are. Infants will wail in the middle of the night and wake you up out of a sound sleep and don't care that they woke you up. Am I right? Yeah. Don't care. And there might been nothing wrong except they were turned a little funny in their bed. They just woke up and just didn't feel quite right. They don't need a good reason to interrupt your sleep. Or what you were doing or interrupt you from anything. And little ones, they're not thinking that way. But, and it's all about me, all about me. What I want to do and what I want to eat and what I want to play. And, and just they live in the world of me. But you're not supposed to be the same way when you're 40 years old. (laughs) You're supposed to have realized there's other people in the world besides you. There's other people on the road besides you. (laughs) And they have a life too. And they have stuff they want to get to and do too. Right? They think what they're doing is as important or more important than you. There's people in the grocery store, too. There's people There's people in your house. <laughs> That's too quiet on that one. Eh? <laughs> when I was a child, what happened? I spoke like a child. I understood like a child. I thought like a child, which is to say, not in love. Self-centered. Fleshy. But when I became a man, I put away, when I became mature, when I grew up, I put away childish things. Keep going. Now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. You know, this is a wonderful revelation. That I'm as dumb as I will ever be. <laughs> Moving forward, I'm only going to get brighter. Come on, is anybody happy about that besides me? I'm better than I was years ago. I'm seeing more. I've got more light. I've got more understanding. If we're growing up in God, we will also be less selfish, less foolish, not so easily deceived and duped and et cetera, et cetera. But moving forward it's only going to get better. We're going to get stronger and sharper and brighter and more understanding and more faith and more light. Anybody happy about this? And What kind of, you know, have you improved in the last 10 years, 20 years, 40 years? What if you just kept improving at that rate for the next 5,000 years? What kind of being will you be? I'll tell you, a son of God. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doesn't yet appear what we will be. And people who see us, they don't recognize us who we are. But it's because of our early stage of development. (laughs) But in time to come, I said in time to come, it'll be obvious Because of the light we walk in and the glory we walk in and the place we hold in his kingdom, ruling and reigning with him, all other beings will know they are the sons of God. Glory to God. God. Keep going. (laughs) Now abides. Say this one out loud with me. Now abides faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Glory to God. I want to talk to you about this verse tonight, as the Lord would help us. Faith, hope, and love, these three. These three are interconnected. These three, you know, if you have faith, you have hope. Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. Another translation says it's the confidence or the assurance of things hoped for or expected. Faith and hope are connected. You also know that the Bible says faith works by what? By love. Faith, hope, and love are connected. And when talking about marriage and talking about relationships, I don't know of anything better to talk about tonight than these three things because they are the answer to myriad issues and challenges. We were singing Shut the door. <laughs> And that's not just a little song. How many know the Bible says, neither give place to the devil? Didn't it say? One translation says, don't give him any foothold. Don't give him any opportunity. What if the devil has a foothold? What if he has place in a marriage? In a home? Somebody gave it to him. Somebody... Open the door. Somebody left the door open. The devil's not all he's cracked himself up to be. He can't just push his way into your life, into your marriage and wreak havoc. He can't. I said he can't. Don't you believe he can? He can't. Somebody has to let him in. Now, there's no need in pointing fingers because everybody in here has let him in different times or places or situations. But it's a dumb thing to do, isn't it? Somebody say shut the door. And the best way I know to shut the door is with faith. And hope and love. I can see in the word tonight that by living in faith, hope and love, we can shut every point of access to the enemy working to get in. Do you believe it? We can shut the doors and close off access. The enemy... Goes about like a roaring lion. What's he looking for? Seeking whom he may devour. This is not a fairy tale. This is reality. And the devil is attacking and assaulting marriages with a fever pitch. And sadly, he's made a lot of progress. I mean, 50 years ago. Marriage and homes were much more respected in this country than they are now. People, you know, we have masses of folks in the country and in the world. They have no intention of getting married. Ever. They don't respect the covenant. They don't respect a home or a family. But they also don't realize that the Dissolution and destruction of the family and marriage is the destruction of society. It's the destruction of nations. The devil knows this, which is why it's right at the top of his list of things to devastate and destroy. You think about this right now, you and I. What if every one of our marriages was destroyed? Phyllis' and mine, yours, every couple in here, what would that do to the families? What would that do to this church? Would there be a local church left? If all of us... See, you know, the world doesn't want to acknowledge that. They want to act like it doesn't matter. We can all just group together and pool our resources and, and everything will be okay. It's not true. I said it's not true. It takes real love Amen. and real faith Amen. and a covenant yes. to be strong enough to overcome the assault and the temptations and the attacks and the flesh to overcome all the junk that comes against marriage and families and to be victorious over it and year after year and decade after decade still have a home and a house and a foundation and family. That's one of the greatest miracles going on in the earth, isn't it? Let people scoff and say whatever they want to, but you and I know the truth. And that's one reason I said I commend you. And those at Branson, and those joining us for making the effort being here, because a lot of people—they, I mean, if it's on prosperity, they'd be here. <laughs> or healing, or you know, but marriage, uh, okay.
1: <laughs>
0: Maybe I don't think I need it, and whatever. And I, people act like, like it's an admission of a failure that you come to a marriage meeting. No, no, no. It's the glory of God. Amen. It's the divine mystery. Of Christ and the church. Revealed in human form in the earth. That's one of the greatest, most glorious things you could talk about. The devil attacks, assaults marriages. He orchestrates specific attacks. And he can't just execute them. He's got to find an opportunity. He's got to find an opening, a way in. We see this with Job, don't we? In fact, just turn there to the book of Job. You remember reading in Job that we go to the third chapter, that it says that the enemy had said that he was knew that God had put a hedge around everything that Job had and Job's family, and, and obviously the enemy couldn't get access to him. And I don't know how long this had gone on. But then the accuser of the brethren came and accused him. In Actually, let's back up to the second chapter. Job 2 and 4, the devil's accusing Job to the Lord. Notice what he said. Skin for skin. Yea, all that a man has, will he give for his life? Put forth your hand now. Touch his bone and his flesh. Everybody say flesh. flesh. And he'll curse you to your face. What's his accusation? Skin for skin. No, it's flesh. Touch his flesh. He'll curse you. He'll unhook from you. He'll bail because skin for skin. All a man has, he'll give for his life. Jesus said something about this. In fact, just hold your place here and go with me to the book of John. Hold your place in Job. We're coming back there. i tell you what, go to to Matthew 16, then maybe we'll go to John. Matthew 16. Jesus was telling his disciples that He's going to be scourged. He's going to be crucified. And Peter, Matthew 16, 22, took him and began to rebuke him. wonder who inspired him to do that. Wasn't the Holy Spirit. To rebuke the Lord. And he said, be it far from you, Lord, this shall not be to you. The margin of some Bibles say that he said, pity thyself. Pity thyself. No. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. One of the strongest reactions we see out of the master. He wheeled around. I believe he raised his voice. He said, get behind me. Why would he respond like that? Because what Peter doesn't realize is he's being used of the devil right now. And this is something that Jesus won't allow himself to think about for a moment. He resists it very strong. What? The thought of you don't deserve this to happen to you. Pity yourself. Keep reading. Then said Jesus to his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him do what? Deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life, what'll happen? He'll lose it. Whoever will lose his life for my sake, what'll happen? He'll find it. I want you to put this with the accusation the devil made skin for skin. All a man has, he'll give for what? His life. Then he said, Touch his flesh. Jesus said, If you save your life, you'll lose it. If you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. John says a similar thing in John twelve twenty five, you don't have to turn there, but he says, He that loves his life will lose it. He that hates his life in this world will keep it unto life eternal. The enemy wants to destroy our marriages. We shouldn't run hide from this. We should know this. And he'll do everything he can to destroy it. But we also need to know he can't do anything unless we let him in. Where's the weak points? Where are people letting him in? How is this happening? It's happening. Through the flesh. That's the accusation. That the enemy made. Skin for skin. This is still going on today. The flesh. Didn't Jesus say the spirit is willing. But what? The The flesh. Is weak. And one of the evidences. That you're not operating spiritually. That you're operating in the flesh that you're seeking and concerned about your own life and preserving it and finding it and getting it rather than losing your life for the Lord's sake is the presence of fear. It is a telltale sign that you're yielding to the wrong thing and you're going the wrong way. Isn't that what happened with Job? Go back to chapter 2. Job chapter 2. After the devil made this accusation about him. You know what happened. The devil did find access to him. And there was destruction. Loss of uh, his children's lives. Loss of his prosperity. Loss of his protection. Loss of his own physical health. And he and his wife wasn't doing good either, were they? She's telling him, why don't you just die? Right? (laughs) I wouldn't say they're doing very good. But now you think about this. Of all the things she could have told him at this juncture in their life, what did she say? Why don't you just curse God? Where would she get that? Cursing God. That's the very phrase the devil said to the Lord accusing him. She doesn't know it, but like Peter, she's a mouthpiece for the devil right now against her husband. Where did she come up with that phrase? Why don't you just curse God and die? Those are the exact same words the devil spoke. Because it is his words coming through her mouth. We've all yielded the wrong stuff in times past. But let's make up our mind. I, me, you, we're not going to be the devil's mouthpiece. We're not going to let him speak through us or influence through us. We're not going to yield to him. We're going to shut the door (laughs) and keep the devil outside, unable to gain access. To get in. It's up to us. Yes. It's our choice what we yield to. Is it our choice what we say? Yes. Yes. Certainly it is. You don't have to say something just because it comes to your mind. Or just because you get your little feelings hurt. Just because you get your little temper stirred up. Don't mean you got to start talking and doing all kinds of stuff. could actually be a real Christian. <laughs> and be led. Yes. And control yourself. And walk in faith I mean, love. and hope. And love. And if you did, you would avoid opening any doors or access. Point. Come on, can you see it, Saints? You just keep everything closed to the enemy. Oh, somebody say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Notice how the enemy got access to Job chapter 3. Chapter 3 and 25, I'm reading this out of Young's Literal Translation. Job 3.25, he said after all this stuff happened to him, what did he say happened? What did Job say happened? He said, for a fear I feared. I'm reading Young's Literal. And it meets me. And what I was afraid of does come to me. Keep reading. I was not safe, nor was I quiet, nor was I at rest, and trouble comes. Is it a spiritual law and principle that if you yield to a fear and you keep on yielding to it, the thing you fear will be drawn to you? It will come to you. Even though Job and his family had been protected, For years and decades I suppose. And blessed and blessed and blessed. Yet the enemy found access. Into their lives to steal, kill and destroy. Through their fear. Their fear. All this is connected. Fear of what? Fear of what? It's what Jesus was talking about. It's fear of losing my Life. I know these things are spiritual. I know you've got to listen with your heart. But do you believe there's power in the word?
1: Yes.
0: Phyllis and I have counseled with folks concerning their marriage. Years past. Recent times. You watch this again and again when marriages are in trouble. And you're listening to people and talking to people. You won't talk very long until one of them will say, I'm afraid. I'm just afraid. I'm afraid I'm losing them. I'm afraid they're lying to me. I'm afraid they don't love me anymore. I'm just afraid too much has happened. I'm just afraid. Is it okay for a child of God to be afraid? See, we've been brought up in religious circles that have taught us that everybody's afraid sometime, and that's okay, and we struggle with it. No, no. Fear is an open door to the devil. It's one of the most serious things we deal with in life, friends. What happened to Job when he feared a fear? Havoc. Devastation flowed down upon him and everything he had. And the reason why people are so susceptible to the fear is because they care too much about their life. And the thought of losing my this or my that, losing my identity, losing myself in this relationship, I just feel like I'm losing myself. Well, you should have already done that. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know who I am anymore. The only place you're going to find out who you are is in this book. That's right. Who you are in Christ Jesus. That's right. You need to die to everything else. Yeah. Come on. But when there's this fear of, I, but I have needs and I have desires. And I just feel, I, I'm afraid life is passing me by. I'm afraid I'm stuck in a loveless marriage. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Yeah, and all the doors are wide open, and the devil is eating your lunch. Yeah. Somebody say Shut-de-do. shut the door. Oh, <laughs> well, we're having a service tonight, aren't we? Say <laughs> <laughs> out loud, like, shut the door. How do you shut the door? Yielding to fear is opening the door. What's the opposite of fear? Faith. What's the opposite of hope? Hopelessness. Despair. Yielding to despair. Oh, it's never going to be any better. It's hopeless. Yielding to that, thinking that, talking that is opening the door to the devil. What's the opposite of love? Love. Hate and selfishness, self-centeredness, yielding to selfishness is opening the door to the enemy. Amen. And if you seek to save your life, what will happen? Lose it. Jesus said you will, not might, you will lose it. You'll lose it. In talking with people that are experiencing problems... You'll also hear this. You won't go very long until you start hearing this. Me. Me. They just don't me. And they don't for me. And they don't know how that affects me. 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 And what are they afraid of? There's a fear of loss. I'm going to lose my opportunity. You ever heard of a midlife crisis? Do you know what's happening in a midlife crisis? Fear. Fear. Certainly it's fear. But it's exactly the same thing that happens with a three-year-old when it comes to bedtime. <laughs> what happens with a three-year-old when it comes to bedtime? With a lot of them. It's because it's time to go to bed. Huh? Their eyes are like this and they're going, no. No, I want to stay up. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to. Why? A fear, they're going to miss something. Now, you know, they're not going to miss a thing. Right? They don't care what's on the late show. They're not going to miss a thing. They need to get their little self in the bed. They're not going to miss a thing. That's exactly what's happening with a 50-year-old. that went crazy. (laughs) jumped out of their career and their family and everything they're afraid I'm getting old and missing my window (laughs) you know I'm going to get too old and slow and nobody will want me and, and friend if you do you have just opened the door To the destroyer in your life. And that's why people get in such terrible messes. And they lose and the devil is able to steal and kill and just devastate and destroy. Because the fear. The fear. Nobody's judging. Nobody's pointing any fingers. All of us have yielded to some things we shouldn't have yielded to. All of us have yielded to fear. But can you do something about it? Can you do something? Can you make a change? And stop yielding to fear. What's the fear of? Go to 1 Corinthians 3. You know, 1 Corinthians 3 is just a few chapters before the chapter we read. (laughs) Verse 13, it's a progression. All this flows together. And 1 Corinthians 3 and 1. 1 Corinthians 3 and 1 says, Brethren, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual... I had to talk to you as carnal. Now carnal means flesh. You know, carne, steak, meat, flesh. As opposed to spiritual. Well, what is flesh? It's not just this. It's everything this is attached to. It has to do with everything this lives in. And flesh is the emphasis on the physical, temporal, earthly satisfaction and fulfillment. And if you live for that, it'll never be enough and you will lose it. Not might. Jesus said, you will. And if you can die to this, you can, if you will die to this. And it's something you've got to keep affirming every day. You can get free. You can get so free. Till the devil can't access you. Like he's accessing other people. He can't get to you. He can't hurt you. Like he hurts other people. Because you don't love what they love. You're not living for what they're living for. So when the devil threatens to take it away from you, it don't even scare you. It's like death itself. I'm so thrilled. I'm not afraid to die. It just affects everything in your life. Everything. I'm genuinely, I'm not just trying to convince you. I'm genuinely, completely, unafraid to die. I know the Lord tears is coming. Won't be much longer. I'll go. You too. And, but I am so convinced of the reality of God and Spirit and heaven and eternity. I'm so convinced of what's going to happen when this body breathes its last and falls on the ground. I'm going to step out of it. And I'm going to be me. Only me? Free. Free me. Hallelujah. That's right. Hallelujah. And it's just going to be the beginning yeah. of the most glorious part of our existence thus far. Glory to God. So it delivers you from the fear. Amen. And the Bible said in Hebrews that because of the fear of death, people were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Well, who's enforcing the bondage? Well, then what gave him access to create this bondage? It was the fear. The fear. We understand faith in God gives God access into our life, doesn't it? Allows him to move and do great things in us and for us. Well, fear gives the destroyer access to our life. Gives him opportunity to do terrible things against us and to us. Should we take fear seriously? What about fears concerning our marriage and our spouse? Hmm? What if your spouse decides tomorrow? They don't like you anymore. They don't love you anymore. Here's two words their loss. (laughs) Do you have to fall apart? Now I'm not saying don't care. And I'm not saying it wouldn't touch your heart. And I'm not saying you wouldn't shed some tears. But do you have to come apart? And do you have to fail and cease being you? Or do you have enough of your heart in God that he is your everything? And you can overcome every obstacle and trial and test? I'm just I'm just afraid. I'm afraid. That they don't love me. I'm afraid that uh, they're having an affair. I'm afraid they're lying to me. I'm afraid they're making a fool out of me. Here's a great truth. Only you can make a fool out of you. It's the truth. Only you. If somebody's hurting you, lying to you, deceiving you, It's not a bad reflection on you. That's their failure. And why do people get so bent out of shape? (laughs) We're getting into it now, aren't we? (laughs) Let me tell you something about your spouse. You don't own them. You never have. And you never will. And they can do anything they decide to do. And you can't stop it. And if you're going to stay tied up in knots about what they might be doing, or who they might be talking to, what they might be saying, what is that? Fear. What is that? Fear. Fear. And it's connected with some ugly, stinking, flesh, pride. My, my, my. What about how I'll look? What about what they'll say? What about me? Yeah, but that's my wife. That's my wife. Notice where the emphasis is. My. <laughs>
1: it
0: ain't about them. It's about my. My. And as long as those fears are there, what do you have? You've got a. Door open. Open. Open door. Open door. For the devil. Yeah to harass you and feed all kind of lies into your mind and torment you. Torment you. Fear, fear, fear. Fear of not getting what I want. Fear of not getting what I need. I need respect. I need to be treated. I'm a special person. I need to be treated. I'm a wonderful person. I need somebody who appreciates me. You're seeking your life. You're clinging to. Holding to your life. And the fear is that you might not get it. Or that you might lose it. And that will keep you perpetually vulnerable. Fear of being taken advantage of. Like we already said. I know years ago. This was a good 25 plus years ago. I, there were several things going on in our life and ministry that was troubling. And I was in the floor praying. And I had been, I'd been quite heavy about some things. And I was praying. And praying. this was going on for weeks and, and long months, actually, and some of these things. And, and the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, Keith, if you'll just forget about you most of these problems will just evaporate (laughs) I thought (laughs)
1: hmm.
0: if I'll just forget about me most of these problems will just evaporate I thought is that true I sat up I thought well I'm thinking about how this affects me about how I want how I need I, 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 and if I forgot about me, I suddenly realized I wouldn't even have anything to pray about right
1: now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What about faith and hope and love? Faith's always believing. Don't take account of a suffered wrong. Never fails. Always believes we're going to make it. Hope always has a vision. Love's always thinking about the other person. If you got one person in a relationship doing that. God's got access. If you got two people doing it. God's got total access. And the devil's got none. Now. Something I had a question about for years. That I believe I got an answer on. Just in recent times. Go to Matthew 19. Matthew 19. In the Amplified. And verse 4. Matthew 19 and verse 4. He says. Have you never read that he who made them from the beginning. Made them male. And female. Keep reading. And said for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother. And shall be united Firmly joined inseparably to his wife, and the two shall become what? Say it out loud the two two. shall become one one spirit. Spirit. (laughs) The two will become one spirit. (laughs) One flesh. Oh. No. I often wondered why it didn't say one spirit. Why it said one flesh. Keep reading. So they are no longer what? Two. Two. But, one. but what? One, flesh. one what? Flesh. flesh. Now First Corinthians 7 tells us. Such shall have trouble because of the flesh. We didn't finish reading in First Corinthians 3 did we? He talks about the flesh and the carnality. He said, you're yet carnal because there's envying and strife and division. What's that evidence of? Flesh. Carnality. There's no such thing as a fleshless marriage. (laughs) People say, we're going to be all spiritual and have no flesh. Uh Uh-uh. Nope. You live together. Every day, every night. (laughs) All that goes with that. But here's the thing you're no longer two flesh. You're what? One. Which means you need to get rid of the me and turn it into a we. We. Right on. And correct yourself every time you're thinking, Well, my this and my that. No, no, it's we. I know that's simple, but there's a great truth right here. (laughs) We. I need, no, forget about I need. What do we need? Because when it comes to flesh, we are no longer two. We're one flesh. That means there's no more me. I just need some me time. No, you don't. (laughs) Me needs to die. Kapow. Dead. Die. Die. (laughs) Me needs to die. Why? Because me. And then the fear of me not getting what I need and want is what? It's open door. It allows a destroyer access. It's the very thing that is just destroyed. Devastating relationships. They'll no longer be two, but they'll be what? Say it out loud. One flesh. One flesh. Not me. Not me. We. 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 Married people, you're not single. You're not single. <laughs> All the married people in here, you need to say it out loud. Every married person, say it out loud. I'm not single. I'm not single. My life is not just me. My life. Right? What is your life? We. We. we 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 Ladies, guys, guys, it's not just my house. My dishes. <laughs> my clothes. My fishing gear. My motorcycle. Come on, you single or not? (laughs) Are you single? If you're not single. One, one. One flesh. That means we. When it comes to flesh, when it comes to natural things, the kind of things we want to do and make us happy and make us comfortable, it's all supposed to be a... We. 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 Take that M and... (laughs) Turn that dude around. I'm telling you. Me has been the murderer. Of a million marriages. You know it. You know it. It's we. We. I think we ought to just say we a couple of times. We. 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 <laughs> What's going to happen in the future? We. we are going to pray. We. We. Are going to seek God. We are going to believe God. We are going to find out his plan for us. We are going to pursue it. And believe for it. And go for it. We are going to do it together. We. 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 Phyllis and I just shake our heads sometimes. Ministers. Pastors. We've had pastors wives tell us before. Well you know he decided to come pastor this church. And they're mad at him because he's doing things in the church. It's supposed to be we. Boy, I tell you what, I know she's sitting here, but I got one of the finest wives in the ministry you have ever seen or heard of. I'm telling you, whatever it takes, all she wants to know is did the Lord really say so? And if we got that settled. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Hallelujah. I should want her happy. And comfortable. With me. She should want me happy and comfortable. With her. Not apart. Not separate things. Together things. You. There's no way. People are running totally different directions. So-called calls that make them have completely different separated lives. And that's God. It's not. People are deceived. And it doesn't work. And that's why you hear time after time after time. Next thing you know, they got involved with somebody else. Because it was me. Say it again. We. Not two. But one flesh. One flesh. Go with me to First John. I didn't finish telling you this. Oh, you need to know this. I just, I need to go a little further about what fear will do to you. Fear makes you stupid. It does. Let me give you the definition of stupid. Seriously. Stupid means a slow mind. Stupid means given to unintelligent decisions. Yes. Will fear move you to make dumb decisions? Yes. yes, it will. Fear, acting in an unintelligent or careless manner, unreasoned thinking or acting. A lot of times when people are, are they're in such a rage or they're in such a, a depressed, hurt Actually, they're scared. They're scared. And I don't care whether it's mild apprehension or full-blown panic. It's all fear. And it's just how much you're yielding to it. It's whether you're opening the door a crack to the devil or whether you've got the garage and the barn to open. But when you yield to fear or I yield to fear. The enemy will come in. It's just what he's been waiting on. He's been circling. He's been looking for cracks. He's been looking for access. And if we won't yield to this selfishness and despair and hopelessness and all that, if we won't do it, we can keep him waiting, waiting year after year until we run our whole course and just get out of here. And he goes, they never did open up. It's true. said out loud. I am, not I am not afraid. Fear makes you stupid. It does. I mean when you think about some of the things. People have done to their own family. To their own relationship. To the people that cared about them. What other word would you use? Stupid. It's stupid. It really is. Absolutely crazy. And the reason they did it. Is because of fear. The more you yield to fear, you don't see things right anymore. You get to where you're not even thinking right. You get to where your version of reality is skewed. And what's happening to the enemy is blind in your mind. Fear makes you weak. It makes you weak. And what evidence of weakness from fear is neediness neediness little children need a lot of attention need a lot of help they're naturally selfish we understand that they're a baby they're a child they should grow out of it but mature ones are not supposed to be needy clingy you don't like me <laughs> I know I had a couple sitting across the desk from me years ago experiencing a lot of marriage problem. young young I think I've been married six months And one of them said to the other, I said, what's the problem? And the lady said, he doesn't love me. He looked at me with pain in his eyes. He said, I do, Brother Keith, I do. (laughs) He said, he doesn't even think I'm pretty. He looked at me with angst in his face. He said, Brother Keith, look at her. She's beautiful. I tell her all the time. She looked at him and said, you're just saying that. (laughs) He looked at me with, he didn't say anything, but his eyes were said, please help. It goes the other way too, you know guys are saying you know you don't believe in me and and uh, you don't trust me and and you don't think I'm a man and you don't think I can lead and friends, neediness is spiritual repellent oh it's it pushes people away, but we're having one tonight, aren't we You knew what we were having. You came on and signed up for it anyway, didn't you? Neediness. Please, please. Oh, you, you never spend any time with me. You don't care about me. And you know, you know, you didn't do it. You, you didn't mean it. I know you said it, but you didn't mean it. That means you're pitiful. Insecure. Which is another word for Fear. You're full of fear. That they really, and here you got people loving you, mm-hmm. telling you the truth, and you don't believe them. And you got the devil telling you a lie, yeah, and you believe and him. You believe him. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and they love you and want to help you, and he's trying to kill you. Amen. How many know we need to decide who our friends are? Yeah. We need to get it figured out before it's too late. Now, here is a revolutionary idea. Come on, you have to brace yourself for this. Everybody ready? Are you ready? I'm talking about, and this is revolutionary. This is revelation. You think you're ready? Are you a faith man or woman? Do you, you believe you can believe for a miracle or believe to do something beyond? Okay, here it is. Next time your spouse tells you they love you, believe it. <laughs> Just believe it. Without reservation. Believe it completely. Next time they tell you. You look good. Just. Don't add anything to it. Don't go. Oh this old thing. You're just being. You're just being nice. You're just being. No quit it. Quit it. Quit it. Just. Believe it. Completely. They go, you look good. You go, Poof, I guess I must look good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Our father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin, used to say this. Sometimes people said, man, that's a sharp suit you got. You should look good. He said, you're just saying that because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> you're just saying it because it's so. <laughs> I know that sounds so simple, but do you believe that could change lives? Yeah. That could change situations. It is not humility to tell somebody they're lying when they're telling you they love you or you look good or whatever. It's an insult, isn't it? And to believe the destroyer over somebody who loves you is one of the worst choices you could ever make. Faith people are to be just primed to believe something good anyway. You have to tell us twice. Right? (laughs) Huh? Man, you're something. You go, whoo, yes I am. (laughs) See, people think, oh, that's that's ugly. No, that's religious junk that has messed up your head. When God tells you you're the righteousness of God in Christ, you're holy, you're going to look at him and go, ah, you're just saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Say it out loud, I'm not going to be stupid. I'm not, going to be weak. I'm not going to be weak. I'm not going to be needy. I'm going to stop yielding to any fear, to any fear. at all. At all. Thank Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank Glory you. Thank to God. Thank you. No, more fear. no more fear. No more fear. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what? What? I will fear. No evil. I don't care what it is. I'm not going to be afraid of it. I know God. I'm in him. I'm loved of him. Accepted of him. My future's secure. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, you got a soul. You got emotions. You got feelings. They can be touched. You can be hurt. I'm not telling you not to care. I'm telling you, don't fear. No matter what. You know, the scripture says... If my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Amen. Amen. Don't ever say, I couldn't live without them. Don't ever say that. You may need to. You know, people don't always die at the same times, husbands and wives. <laughs> oh, boy, see the looks I'm getting across the crack. Oh, listen, <laughs> do we have to talk about that? Hey, we've talked about everything else. Yeah, we got to. We might as well keep going. It's a fear. I said it's a fear. Amen. It's a fear that can cause you damage and hinder you while you're alive. You know, you're not ready to live till you're ready to die. Amen. You're not ready to be together and have everything you should have if you couldn't make it apart. Do you have enough of your heart in God? Do you believe He's big enough? He could sustain you in any situation. Can you? Sure. You can. You can. Say it out loud, I can make it. I can, make it. I can, I can do, all do all things through Christ, through Christ who, strengthens who, strengthens me. who strengthens me. I can. I can. I, can do I, need to do. I can do anything I need to do. Everything I need to do. I can do it with his help. 1 John 4. Uh, you need to stop in that place I had you holding a while ago. Hebrews 13, it's on the way. <laughs> Hebrews 13, 5. 13, 5 says, Let your conversation your lifestyle be without covetous. Be content with such things as you have. For he has said, what did he say? I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now notice what kind of effect that's supposed to have on you. If you just believe that without reservation, he will never leave me or forsake me. What's verse 6? Then I can boldly say. The Lord. Is my perpetual helper. Always with me. And as a result of that what? I will not fear. What man shall do to me. The complete Jewish says. Adonai is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can a human being do to me? A human being can't do anything to me. That God's not. Much bigger than. What if you had no fears? No fears of having your heart broken? Of being deceived? Of being lied to? Of somebody stopped loving you? What if you had no fears of any of that? What kind of person would you be?
1: Happy. <laughs>
0: this has been a lot to take in tonight already. hasn't it? It's, I know. But do you believe there's power in the word? Do you believe these words have life in them? We've been reading scriptures, haven't we? How can you tell that you're yielding to fear? Go to 1 John 4. There is a very telltale sign and indicator. And when you identify it, make the connection, it'll give you a real tool to not give it any more place but to immediately shut the door and put it out. First John, and four, and down. Let's see in about verse uh, eighteen. There is what? No fear. What? No fear. We read First Corinthians thirteen, that great love chapter. What one thing is conspicuous for its absence? Nothing that's related to any fear is connected to love. There is how much? How much? No No fear in love. If we quit being childish and we grow up in love, what happens to us? We stop being fearful and we stop acting stupid because of fear. We stop being needy and weak because of fear. Because we the devil will come and try to lie to us and, and oh be scared, be scared, they're gonna do this, they're not gonna do that, and you just won't even yield to it. You'll just go, leave me alone. Yeah. Greater is he that's in us. Amen. Hmm? Mm-hmm. I, I refuse to fear right. no matter what. The Lord will never leave me, he'll never forsake me. No. My name's in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. They're working on my mansion tonight yeah. Yeah. in glory. Well, they don't like you anymore. They'll get over it. <laughs> we won't love you anymore. I still love you. Amen. Well, you better quit. I'm not. There's no weapon against love. Amen. Love never fails. You can love people no matter what they do. Yeah. They can say, quit loving me. No. <laughs> How can you know you're in fear? Fear has torment. That same word is used to describe earlier in the New Testament the atmosphere of hell. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Torment. Everlasting torment of hell. You know you can experience days of heaven on the earth. The Bible talks about it. You know you can also experience days of hell on the earth. What is the atmosphere of heaven It's love, it's life, it's joy, it's peace. What's hell like? Strife, pain, darkness, death, anguish, gnashing of teeth. Has there ever been any gnashing of teeth in people's houses and homes? They're experiencing a taste of hell. They've let the devil in their house and he's rampaging. We don't have to. I said we don't have to. Somebody say shut the, door. Shut, the door. shut the door. Shut the door. I know. Years ago at healing school. I was ministering and the day was over. We were closing the building and leaving. It was a cold outside. And a young lady came up in the parking lot. And she had her uh, little child with her. And. Uh, she said, I knew her. She'd been to the healing school before. She said, Brother Keith, would you please pray? The baby was sick. It's, you could tell it was running a fever. Its nose was running. It was whimpering and crying. And we're outside now, and it's cold, and the wind's blowing, and, and doors are already locked. And, and I said, sure, sure. And, and I start to pray, and the Lord checked me and said, don't pray. I was surprised. I thought, whoa, why? Baby's sick. And I thought, what am I going to tell her? <laughs> And just like that, I knew by a word of knowledge, I knew. I looked at her. I said, Dear, you and your husband been fighting? She just boo hooed. She just broke out into this huge sob and cried. Eventually, she stopped and she's still crying. And she said, Oh, Brother Keith, it's awful. It's awful. I said, The Lord checked me and said, uh, It'll do a little good to pray. You guys got the door open at your house.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Does the Bible say if husbands don't treat their wives right and wives don't treat their husbands right, that prayers will be hindered? Yes. First yes. Peter 3, did it say that? Yes. Well, what would be hindered prayers? would be God's not manifesting and the enemy is. And uh, I said, uh, I'll pray with you. For grace and wisdom, I said, but for nothing else, for your little one's sake, you go home and you and your husband get this fixed. Get this door closed. And your baby will be all right. So we prayed. And thank God she had a good testimony at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody say, shut the, door. Shut, the door. shut the door. Shut the door. Go to Ephesians 6. I'm closing, I think. <laughs> Ephesians 6. In Ephesians the sixth chapter, such a wonderful passage of scripture here, in the eleventh verse, Ephesians six eleven, he said, Do what? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He's a tricky one, but you don't have to be exposed. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, they too shall be one what? Flesh. Flesh. Are they your problem? They're flesh and blood. Is that your problem? See, the enemy has some people convinced. My wife is the scourge of my life. My husband has destroyed my life. They are, they've ruined everything. It's a lie. I said, it's a lie. Flesh and blood's not your problem. That's not the enemy of your soul. The devil's the enemy. Isn't it? It's time we'll quit fighting each other. Realize who our true enemy is. Right? Join forces. Got rid of me. Got into we gear. Right? <laughs> and resist the devil. What would happen? He would flee from us. Shut the door. Keep him out. Keep going. Verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you, what? He says it again. Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Verse 14. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Why do you need all this? So that there's no opening for the enemy to get to you. You're covered up. I said you're covered up. You're covered up in love. You're covered up in hope. The helmet of salvation. You're covered up in truth. You're covered up in righteousness. Come on, can you see this? That means the devil can't get to you. He can't get to you. Can't get to you. And what did he say the last one? Above all, taking what? The shield of faith. Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So somebody's shooting at you. Aren't they? Lies, deception, feelings, temptation. He's shooting at you. And why are so many people going down with them? Because they're uncovered. They're exposed. This shield of faith. Was described the natural shield he was talking about was not one of these little bitty dudes here. It was a door size shield. <laughs> <laughs> that you could get behind and be completely covered. Somebody say door size. Now what happens when you stop being in faith and you get in fear? What happens? And so fiery darts. <laughs> Boom. You're hurt. You're mad. You're upset. You're scared. You're confused. And it's sad, but we got Christians that look like pincushions. They got fiery darts sticking out of right every... Why? Because they're completely uncovered. And everyone that the devil shoots at them, hits them. Demons are laughing. Go, hit them again. What is that? 932. And Christians are just folding like wet noodles and going, I'm just, I can't take it anymore. It's just too bad. I just, I just feel like I'm losing myself. I don't even know who I am anymore. And they'll be saying the same thing on marriage number five. Because finding a new partner does not magically fix everything. Right <laughs> on. And a lot of folk have had a lot of challenges and I know a lot of people have been through a lot of stuff in the room. Betrayal, all kind of stuff. Listen, the reason it bothers people so bad is my pride, my feelings, my dreams, my needs. And if you die to that and you put your armor on, come on, are you listening, saints? You become something more than just flesh. You become spiritual. Hallelujah. And you're not just living to fulfill your dreams anyway. You're willing to lay down anything that you ever thought for him. To live for him. And to accomplish his call in your life. Hallelujah. And in your marriage. They forget about them. You forget about you. And we seek the Lord. See what he has for us. And then we pursue it together. And we find our course. We run our race. We finish it. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Uh, There's more, but I think you've had enough for right now. Go ahead and stand up. Everybody stand up.